Welcome, everybody. Welcome back. Mavs Moneyball Radio, Episode 3. I'm your host, Jeffrey Cooperstein. Sorry about the uh, little week hiatus we took, but we are back in action. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at jcoopjr27. And as always, you can find the podcast on MavsMoneyBall.com, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, or wherever you like to download and listen to your favorite content. It is Saturday, March 30th, an off day for the Mavs before they head to OKC tomorrow afternoon to take on the Thunder. Thursday night was a really cool evening for the Mavs as they took on the Miami Heat in Miami, and it was awesome for a couple of reasons. One being the obvious that it was perhaps Dirk Nowitzki's last game in the arena where he etched his name into basketball immortality, if you will, on June 12, 2011, when the Mavs won their first and only title to date. Um, It's probably the last time Dirk Nowitzki and Dwayne Wade went against each other, which gives Mavs fans a sort of nostalgia of sorts. Uh, there's no doubt in my mind, at least, that Dwayne Wade is public enemy number one for Mavs fans, including myself. Dwayne Wade just left a really bad taste in my mouth after 2006, and especially after 2011 when him and LeBron were mocking Dirk, mocking Dirk's cough, mocking Dirk being sick, and their, Dirk just went out and torched him in game three, four, and five, and it was over, and Dirk showed him who was boss. Um, but the, 20, the, the 2006 finals gave me another Mavs fan just a bitterness towards Wade that I don't think has gone away yet. Yeah, 2011 helped a little bit, but there's no love loss for Wade, to say the least. Um, so those were a couple of cool storylines in the game, Wade and Dirk, and then Dirk's last game at the site of the championship, but those didn't even come close to what the main story of the Miami Heat game was, and that was the huge, and I mean huge, Slovenian t- contingent uh, that came to watch Luka Doncic and Goran Dragic face each other in the NBA for the first time. Uh, Luka and Dragic obviously played together on the Slovenian national team and along with Andrzej Kopitar of the LA Kings in the NHL. Uh, those guys are the most popular celebrities in Slovenia. Slovenia is a pretty small country in Eastern Europe, and these guys are like gods to them, um, playing at the absolute highest level of their respective sports. And there had to be about a 1,000 Slovenian fans there watching watching Luka and Dragic, wearing the country's colors, waving the country's flag. The scenes were absolutely crazy. You can find them on Twitter. All the Mavs beat writers, all the Mavs people who travel with the team posted it, posted about it, and it was absolutely insane. And you could tell that Luka was absolutely touched by it. He and Dragic uh, swapped jerseys after the game, and Luka walked around the court clapping, thanking all the fans who came and supporting the uh, the two Slovenian superstars. You can say they're superstars because in their country, they absolutely are rock stars. They couldn't go anywhere without have, being absolutely mobbed by fans. And that's really cool playing in that um, one of the things you get being from a small country is that if you're in the NBA, you're probably one of the country's biggest celebrities. So that's really cool for those two guys getting to play against each other. Obviously, Dragic is a big mentor to Luka, so that probably meant a lot to both of them uh, playing each other for the first time. What absolutely sucks, though, is that the FIBA World Cup takes place in September, and that's like, I mean, it's it's self-explanatory. It's the FIBA World Cup instead of the FIFA World Cup. All the countries get together and play a tournament. I believe they're playing in China this year, or in uh, China this year in September of 2019. But what sucks is that Slovenia will not be taking part as they lost the final game of the qualifiers uh, to knock them out of the World Cup. So we won't get Dragic and Luka together this summer, or will we? I don't know. We'll see. Free agency will be an interesting time. Uh, I think Dragic could actually be a really good fit for the Mavs given his relationship with Luka the familiarity with each other on and off the court, and another European presence in the Mavs locker room, which is becoming increasingly diverse. The Mavs, I believe, at the moment have nine players, nine foreign players on their team outside from outside of the United States. 
I can't name them all at the moment, but it's it's more than half of the roster is uh is our international players. Um, I don't think the pairing is likely just due to the fact that Dragic has a 2019-2020 player option at around 19 million, and something that's a that's a number that he won't and shouldn't give up unless he's offered more on the open market, which I don't see likely because he is a 32 year old guard coming off a pretty injury riddled season. And I don't think spending 19 of the approximately 30 million or so cap room the Mavs have on a 32-year-old guard would be worth it for the Mavs. It'd be a really cool pairing. It'd be a really cool storyline. You know, it's always fun to dream. We love dreaming about free agency and stuff like that. Uh, let me know what you think of the Drogic and Doncic pairing on Twitter at jcoopjr 27 Could Luka and Drogic, excuse me, I always mess up his name. Could Luka and Drogic be a real possibility? We'll find out. We'll find out. July 1st is just around the corner. Uh, so that was a really cool game filled with subplots, and I feel like we're going to get a lot more of those this season as the year winds down. Guys, we're 10 days away from Dirk's per- per- perhaps. Hasn't said it yet. Hasn't said it yet. Uh, we're perhaps 10 days away from Dirk's final home game in Dallas. I don't think that's hit me yet. It absolutely hasn't yet, but when it does, it's going to hit me like a freaking brick wall. Um, definitely going to be a glass case of emotions on April 9th. We'll get into this more next week as we'll be closer to that day and we'll get into some more Dirk memories, hopefully bring on a special guest or two and uh, just walk down memory lane, walk down all the great memories Dirk has gave us. There's been so many that I can think of in my head right now that will that could take up an hour of a podcast just talking about those. So Dirk gave us some great memories. Cannot wait for April 9th. Um, just the amount of memories that Dirk brought this fan base I think is unparalleled. I can't imagine someone having the kind of impact on this franchise that Dirk has had. Yeah, Doncic and Porzingis have the chance to be great, but will they be able to replicate the standard that Dirk set for the Mavs during his career, winning winning 50 games a year, 12 consecutive years, two finals appearance, one championships, MVPs, all-star games, first-team All-NBAs, all that kind of stuff? Will Doncic or Porzingis be able to replicate that? It's possible, but it's almost impossible to say that they'll meet or exceed what Dirk has brought to this to this franchise just with the amount of class, the amount of grace, the amount of greatness that Dirk has brought to this franchise. I think Doncic and Porzingis have great ceilings, and I think they're going to be great players in the league, but it's almost impossible to say that they'll have the same amount of impact that Dirk had. Uh, So that is what was going on in Mavsland here at the moment. Coming up next, we're going to talk about the future. The future. Future. We're going to talk about the future a little bit. And some guys you may not know about but could see in Royal Blue next season. That's next. We'll be right back with more Mavs Moneyball Radio. Welcome back, everybody. Mavs Moneyball Radio, Episode 3, hanging out with you guys here on a Saturday afternoon in Dallas. As we all know, the Elite Eight is happening today, beginning today and ending tomorrow. We will have our final four teams by, I believe, tomorrow afternoon. So that's dope. Everyone loves college basketball this time of year. Um, And as we all also know, the Mavs are fighting to keep their pick in this year's NBA draft. And the Elite Eight has some prospects that if the Mavs were to keep their pick and were able to trade down and maybe get another player, get another asset, there's about five guys that are still playing in the Elite Eight that I really like for the Mavs and I think would be a good fit on this team. So just wanted to uh, break those guys down a little bit here. We're going to start with two Kentucky guys. We're going to start with P.J. Washington, who is, I don't even want to say worst because I like him a lot, but he is the least... uh, the least projectable NBA player out of this group. Uh, He's an undersized power forward, but he is freakishly strong. He's Kentucky's best player right now. They rely on him a lot. 
Uh, Kentucky's still in the Elite Eight, but if they get him back, they're a threat to win it all. Um, he, I, he, he projects like a Dwight Powell to me almost. He's going to be a bench big. He's going to give you some energy off the bench. Not a great shooter, but he's really strong, going to be a good rebounder, and I think he's a guy that every team could absolutely use even if he's not going to make a huge impact. Uh, moving on here, we're going to go to Kel- Keldon Johnson, who is P.J. Washington's teammate out of Kentucky, and he is a sharpshooter. He has huge size at 6'6 for a shooting guard. Uh, he's going to have to rely on his shooting to carry him into the NBA because his other skills aren't fantastic. Not a great defender, not a great ball handler and distributor, but he is an absolutely ridiculous shooter. So if if uh, Keldon Johnson is to succeed at the next level, he's going to have to be able to rely on his shooting. And we've seen it this year. Keldon Johnson could be a hell of a scorer in the NBA. Let's move on. Uh, let's go with the local guy here. Let's go with kind of local, I guess. We can say it's local. Uh, Jarrett Culver, shooting guard out of Texas Tech. This man is a freak. He, people are c- comparing him to Paul George and Tobias Harris. Long, athletic, two-way player, does everything. An absolute knockdown shooter. He's Texas Tech's best player and might give Texas Tech their first Final Four appearance in team history. Culver is everything you want in a shooting guard, and I believe his skill set, his size, his ability will project to the NBA to the point where when he develops, you'll be able to rely on Jared Culver to carry a team. And that's not something you can find very often in the NBA draft. Culver is one of those guys that you can look to to go get you a bucket at the end of the game because he is a pure certified bucket getter. That's what Jared Culver is. Good luck to Texas Tech, by the way. Rooting for the Texas teams here on the Mavs Moneyball Radio, episode three. A guy who I haven't watched very often because he plays for Virginia and I can't stand the way Virginia plays, but apparently they've been better this year offensively, and this guy is a big reason, DeAndre Hunter, the shooting guard from Virginia. He's a positionless guy, kind of like Luca, where he can play the one, two, three, maybe even some four, except he is a freak athlete like a lot of these guys are. He plays above the rim. DeAndre Hunter and Jarrett Culver are the guys that, if the Mavs were to trade down to like seven, eight, nine. Those would those would be the guys that they'd be looking at because those guys will not go long after the um, long after the fifth pick. So if the Mavs are going to trade down and trade maybe a couple spots down, get another pick, those are the guys that they'd be looking at. And my favorite player in this draft who's not being talked about enough, Rui Hachimura out of Gonzaga. I've absolutely loved this guy since his freshman year at Gonzaga. Sounds like he's finally going to come out this year, I believe, as a junior. He has a 7'2 wingspan at 6'8", 6'9", an absurd athlete who can outrun everybody on the court as a as a power forward. The only uh, downside he has is his jumper, but I think that can come with time. He can develop a nice little mid-range jumper. Hachimura is like, he's a Julius Randle type. I, I really like the Julius Randle comparison for Hachimura, and I think he could be an absolute force in this league as a starting big. Maybe a really undersized five. I don't know if teams would like to use him as a five, but I think he's a really really good for and I think the team that gets him around seven eight nine that team's going to be very happy with Rui Hachimura he's a tireless worker Gonzaga always wins you know he's a winner you know he's going to play the game the right way Hachimura is my sleeper in this draft and if the Mavs were to were to trade down out of out of the top five and select Rui Hachimura I'd be really happy with that I would be really happy so these guys aren't Zion they're not RJ Barrett, they're not John Morant, not Cam Reddish. But I believe that this is like this is this next tier that you need to be looking at for the Mavs because there is the possibility that they could trade down out of the top five. 
and this is all hypothetical because we don't even know if they're going to have their pick yet. We're still about six weeks away from the lottery happening. So this could just be a moot point, but we love doing hypotheticals here on Mavs Moneyball Radio. Um, so we'll see. We'll see. It's a very exciting time. I believe the Elite Eight starts this evening at about 6, so you can watch these guys in action. And let me know what you guys think on Twitter, at jcoopjr 27 Let me know what you guys think of DeAndre Hunter, of Rui Hachimura, of Keldon Johnson, P.J. Washington, and Jarrett Culver. I like these guys. I want to see if you guys do. Welcome back, everyone. Mavs Moneyball Radio. I am Jeffrey Cooperstein. Uh, Just wanted to take a quick look ahead at the week that is for the Mavs. Uh, They have four games this week starting tomorrow in OKC, an afternoon game. Love those afternoon games on Sunday, 2.30 tip. Um, after that, they return home for three as they take on the 76ers, Timberwolves, and the Memphis Grizzlies. Uh, the Mavs have a home-and-home home with Memphis, so they'll head out there the following Sunday before they come home for the final home game of the year against the Phoenix Suns and then round out the season and maybe round out a certain someone's career in San Antonio the following night. So just seven more home games left on the Mavs' schedule. God, the year's gone by super fast. Luka Mania has made everything so much more fun. Uh, hopefully the last seven games where it's unfortunately in the best interest of the franchise to lose, which just sounds absolutely crazy to me. Hopefully we can get back to having some fun basketball, some winning basketball here in Dallas at the AAC. Everyone loves a winner. Everyone loves when the Mavs are good. The city's better when the Mavs are good. So hopefully that'll come along here soon. Uh, I just wanted to mention this before I get out of here, but I am so happy for my man Ryan Brokoff. Brokov has been stuck on the bench for the vast majority of the year, but has lately got some playing time uh, since the Mavs shut down Tim Hardaway Jr. for the season due to a stress fracture. I'll put that in air quotes, virtual air quotes for you guys. Stress fracture uh, since they shut him down. Uh, Brokov has taken advantage of that opportunity that he has been given. And his last four games since he's got an extended run in the Mavs rotation, Brokov is shooting 57.1% from three in his last four. If you can extrapolate that throughout the entire season, Ryan Brokoff's finding himself in the three-point shootout. Ryan Brokoff is probably leading the league in three-point percentage. So it's probably not a number that, you, that you're that you going to extrapolate, you know, throughout the whole season. But if Brokoff can shoot pretty consistently, I think he can find he can find a spot for him in the NBA. Um, he is a free agent at the end of the season as they sign him to a one-year deal. And down the stretch, he's a guy, uh, down the final seven games, he's a guy I'd like to see a lot of. Hopefully the Mavs can bring him back next year for a relatively cheap number um, because as we find out, as we found out in the last few years, you can never have enough shooting. And he's one of those guys who just, who can come in cold and let it fly. And a lot of them will go in. Um, so shout out Ryan Brokoff. Great guy. Glad he's having the individual success here in the home stretch. Even if the results aren't coming for the team, always good to see the good guy succeed. Sometimes the good guys do win. Ryan Brokoff is one of the very best dudes in the NBA. A lot of those Australian guys are really good. They're also really funny. I've noticed that covering my three years in the NBA. The Australian guys are always really funny. Andrew Bogut's a funny dude. Joe Ingles is a really funny dude. Brokoff's a really funny dude. Something must just be in the water down there in Australia where they just, they're just, they're comedians. They're comedians. Um, So that will wrap up episode three of the Mavs Moneyball radio podcast. I've been your host, Jeffrey Gubersheen. As always, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at jcoopjr27. Let me know what you think of Rui Hachimura or Jared Culver or any of the other guys I talked about. Of the Dragic Luka possibility, 
or anything else you want to talk about, I'd be glad to respond to any questions you might have. Like I said earlier, I love all sports, so hit me up, hit me up. I'll uh, I'll get back to you guys. Uh, and as always, you can find the pod on MavsMoneyBall.com, Apple Podcast, Google Play, or wherever you like to download and listen to your favorite pods. I know there's a bunch of sites nowadays. Just type in Mavs Moneyball Radio. You'll be able to find it. Uh, please subscribe and leave a rating and a review. As always, if you do leave a review, I'd love to read it here on the pod. So drop those in during the week. Uh, next week, I know I've been teasing this for the last couple of episodes. I am hoping to have a special guest here on the pod to talk all things Dirk because the next spot, the next uh, podcast next weekend will likely be very Dirk-centric given the current circumstances, given that it is likely Dirk's last hurrah here with the Mavs. So I'll keep you guys updated on that as well as other things Mavs. I've been your host, Jeffrey Cooperstein, and I'll be back next week with episode four of the Mavs Moneyball Podcast. Ball Podcast.